Welcome to Consider Yourself Hugged. I'm Tammy. I'm Michelle. I'm Gracie. And a hug is a gesture intended to convey a sense of care and support, safety, intimacy, and affection. And even though we can't wrap our arms around you, we want you to consider yourself hugged. Hey, friend, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, 132, um, Healing in the ACES Survey. You'll want to do that because if you don't, you'll be totally lost. And we, it was like a post-recording decision to do that. So go back, listen to 132, and now let's jump into part two of Healing in the ACES Survey. And to, to kind of tie this back to kind of what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about like the... Um, patient one, I'm going to call them instead of patient, patient zero. Patient yeah. zero. Um, when looking at different things that we come up with and kind of tying it back into is healing from different things important. I shared with um, Tammy and Gracie, I guess early last week about something I noticed while I was working, I was working oh, right. out of town at another um, office. And, you know, that's, it's a, a, a different city, a different location. I don't know anybody. It's kind of an, an uncomfortable situation. I don't, you know, maybe there are people who would just love that and feel completely comfortable. You're but, a little more of on the introverted side. Yes. Yes. So, side. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So um, I kind of went into it excited to do it, but also, you know, not feeling as comfortable as I would at my home office. And one of the things I noticed was that I apologize. Like I am an over apologizer when I am uncomfortable, like to a degree that it's, it it was, it could be kind of ridiculous. Like, for example, one of the things I shared with them is I um, went into, and it was really even an office I was sharing with someone for the week and the door was closed, so I knocked on it. Now, again, you have to kind of keep in mind that this is a clinical practice. So, mm-hmm. you, of course, you're going to knock on the door if somebody's in there with someone, even though it didn't seem like they were, you don't want to barge in. Right, yeah. So I knocked on the door, and um, the person was like, oh, come on in. You don't have to, don't don't knock on the door. You don't have to knock on the door. We're sharing it. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. So, like, <laughs> What? Did, did you, you did share that with us, but I'm not sure if you said this in your text. Did you like feel it immediately? Like after you said it or were you thinking about it later? I immediately realized it because I kind of know when I'm uncomfortable that I'm an over apologizer. I had already identified that about myself. Let me point that out. A, you know, a friend had already pointed that out about me. Okay. And, uh, and so a pants um, friend. I, I dearly love a, pointed a pants it out. friend. Yeah. And the, the fact is that I, I kind of had realized at that point that I do it when I'm uncomfortable, but something like in preparation for this and us talking about this is I kind of asked the question, why do I do it? And the answer to that was it brings down my level of anxiety, my level of uncomfortableness. There's something about, like, oh, I'm sorry, that immediately brings down that anxious Mm -hmm. feeling that I had. And so like in thinking through that, and obviously, you know, I've talked about, you know, past trauma and and so forth. Like, obviously there is a time in my life where that served me. Yep. Mm. 
And so like being aware of that and trying, cause I, I said to, to Tammy and Gracie, okay, have you called me accountable about how I do the rest of this week to not be an over-apologizer? I mean, of course, if I do something that I need to apologize for, I absolutely need to apologize, but like to apologize just because I'm uncomfortable. And, and, and I, once I, I caught it, there was a couple of times where I would have, but I caught myself. And so, and it was easier at work than it was when I got home. Like it was harder to catch myself when I, I got home. There was a couple of times when I feel like I over-apologized at home, which is kind of odd, but, um, but I did better when I realized it. And when I realized it was coming from like that anxious feeling, I did better at like identifying and calming that. So in terms of what we were talking about before and how healing allows us to learn and grow and develop and all that other stuff, what did you do instead? So you recognized, I'm about to say this, it's because I'm uncomfortable. What did you do instead to help with that yeah, anxiety? Great question. It, 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 a couple of th different things, depending on the, the situation, I kind of took a deep breath. I kind of um, reminded myself of some truths of the moment. And like the reality was there was nothing to be anxious about. Everyone at this place was incredibly friendly. They were incredibly um, kind in, in terms of they were thankful to have the help. Mm -hmm. um, and so like there really wasn't anything other than it was just a change out of my normal routine. Mm -hmm. And so kind of thinking through and identifying like, what, what am I anxious about? Why am I anxious? How can I, you know, change that? Kind of just thinking through it. I think identifying it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is identifying it is key. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to throw something in that's a little different about this because, you know, with my, my field of discursive psychology and language, be, a, be aware too that. So for women, you know, women are often told, stop apologizing, stop discounting my compliment, you know, those types of things. And although they can be exactly what you said, you know, there can be definite underlying reasons why that happens. And for you identifying that it's about feeling anxious and bring your anxiety level down. But sometimes too, for women, it can be an attempt to be relational and to keep you and the other person like on similar grounds. And so there are so many reasons I don't study men's language, you know, as much as I study women's language, but there can be so many reasons. Um, so, you know, if you're listening, you know, it is important if you're a woman and you think about why you are talking the way you're talking, it can be so many things. And I love that you identified it, but sometimes you might say that more as just a conversation, you know, to continue the conversation on. So it may not, it'd be interesting from, for, from my perspective to, I will hold you accountable more so than before, you know, ask you throughout the week, did you say it? And do you think it was because you were anxious or do you think it was just because you were, it's one of those things we say that's sort of almost like, Hey, how are you doing? You know, it's a, it's just sort of a relational conversation continuer. Does that make and sense? One, yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I also kind of realized exactly what you're saying is in that situation, it, it was just kind of, um, kind of the way I described, but I think also sometimes, because I thought through it, sometimes I think it's tied to trying to be nice. 
And I don't know that I like perceive people who over apologize as nice. I'm not sure that's the perception we get, but I think sometimes it's tied to that. Like we're taught yep. to be considerate and, and so forth. So I, I, I completely um, agree with what you're saying is, you know, there are many reasons and some of it does have to do with like that connection and I love that you're like talking about language like that just makes me so very happy and I feel bad that I didn't hold you accountable throughout the week or I'm sorry no I told <laughs> you to ask me on this show so you know. oh you did yes <laughs> I don't think you did but anyway <laughs> but gosh what a self-reflection are you wanting us to share anything about what we what what do you what do you want from us, leader Michelle? Do you want us to? <laughs> if you are willing to share, because that was also in the text I sent, was if there was anything that, that you identified that may kind of tie back, if, if you kind of identified anything and were willing to share about it, that that would be magnificent. Oh, I'm always willing to share. But it's, but it's exactly what I told you. And it's kind of a new rev revelation that, you know, and I felt bad when we're talking about this patient zero, patient one, what's it called? Patient I called them patient one, but they called them patient, patient zero. one, like all the things that patient one have been through. And I'm saying that somebody just said I had no initiative and then I just lost my mind. But all of that, you know, goes back to those childhood things and not feeling, you know, we were the neighborhood outcasts. We were, we lived in poverty. We had the health department called on us. And so, you know, things weren't good. So what I said when you asked if we had any of those types of things, and I said, it's, it's very hard for me to accept negative feedback and criticism. And it's not that I don't value it or think that it's important, but it, and it's not only that it's if I've done something and like, say if Tim is with me and he doesn't tell me that I did it well. So if he doesn't tell me that I did it well, then I'm like, well, then I probably didn't do it well. And then I think it all goes back to, well, then I didn't try hard enough and I'm, maybe I don't belong here. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And so it was a great question that you asked us because I have, you know, I told you in the text, I've been reading a couple of books. One of them I really love. It is, it is a biblical based book called Killing Comparisons by Nona Jones. I'll post that in the show notes, really looking at some of those underlying reasons. And it's not a, it's not a research-based book or anything like that, but it's been very helpful for me. So yeah, you're, you're asking that question. Um, just took it for me one step further of, of like speaking that in text, but saying, here's something that I'm doing. I'm not accepting criticism and, it, or I'm expecting like praise in order to think that there, if there's no praise, well, then there must be some criticism hidden in there. So that's where I am. Well, and for me, one of the things that we were talking about in the text is I am really, really good at justifying anything. Intelligence is not always an asset. And so one of the things for me, so like we talked about last time I was talking about, is this healthy and helpful? Mm. Sometimes I really have to ask myself that question because the example I gave you, like one of the things is, is that, you know what? I, my well being and everything is not dependent upon other people giving me what I want and what I need. No, I am, uh, right, I'm, I'm a healthy... But then it can get to the point where I don't even ask for what I want and what I need. And so, and I can, and I can justify it. I'm really, really good at that because I can go back to the, well, it's not up to them. 
I'm an independent, powerful person. But you know what? Sometimes it's important in my relationships, personally, professionally, that if I say, this is what I need, that that person does something around that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. for me, it's one of those things of, is my brain getting in my way? And oh, cause I, right. Cause I can justify anything and things that can be healthy and helpful sometimes aren't, I have to check that, you know? Wow. And I think that, well, I think that's one of the things from the childhood is, you know, on the surface and a lot of things, it didn't look bad. Mm-hmm. It really, I mean, and, you know, I was doing great in school. I mean, just all these things, but there was some underlying stuff there. And I had to learn how to justify it. So it didn't hurt so much. Wow. These right? are three very different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did y'all notice how it's a beautiful thing? Yes. Because everybody's struggle is unique. And I think mm-hmm. so often we compare ourselves to others. Well, mine isn't that bad. Look at mm-hmm. what Yeah, that's what I did with. when she was telling that story. I was like, well, I'm being a big old baby, you know, just. And if it impacts us, up. it impacts us, right? Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that by us telling all these different stories, it's like, like we all have stuff that impacts us. Let's not, mm-hmm. that's the, that's the fact we've been impacted. That's right. So to, kind of, judgment. to kind of further what you're saying, Gracie, and kind of also tying back in what um, Tammy said about language. I mean, so we're kind of talking about how narrative, like our narrative and knowing is our narrative that we're telling ourselves coming from childhood wounds is it coming from a place of healing in adulthood where is that narrative coming from yes yes and and so and and I I think I completely understand what you're saying Gracie in terms of and I think when you you work in the mental health field like the narrative you can tell yourself you can justify I mean there's (laughs) yes yeah and and that's really kind of to some degree, but is the narrative, like you were saying, coming from a healthy place? Mm-hmm. Right. And is it going to help you accomplish goals versus cost? Allow money? myself to right, stay in denial and perpetuate the problem and continue to suppress and repress and not deal with it and still carry it with me for another day or year like or decade. Like a boulder. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about these aces, I mean, like whether you perceive the world, whether your narrative is that the world is a safe place full of kind people or whether it's a place full of untrustworthy people. Um, those are extreme examples, but it absolutely can dictate the narrative that you're telling yourself, which in a lot of ways does kind of direct your life. Mm. And, and one thing I want to point out too is it could be more subtle than is the world safe or unsafe? One thing's for me, and this is something that I, I saw with a lot of my clients is the world is a safe place. If I do all these things, oh, mm-hmm. if I control right. everything in it, right. And you probably think you can control everything in it. It's some in your brain. Right. Exactly. Level. And then I, I've met other people. And I remember when I first college roommate that she just had the default that the world is a safe, wonderful place. And people are there and loving and supportive. And I'm like, well, you're a sheltered, naive person, <laughs> you know, in a healthy home environment. Right. Exactly. So I think that's important also mm-hmm. is that, oh no, I think the world's a safe place. Okay. Again, continue. Where are you on that continuum? And when we can identify that, that's where we get to address the healing. 
we don't even need to know. We don't have to necessarily even remember the situation or situations, mm -hmm. but now we know where to address it. And now we get to look at the narrative around that. That's huge. So, it is. Yeah. So well, the amount of, of unconscious, like, yes, narrative, like kind of like with the sleep eating, you know, like, I think that's one of those things, like with the, the patient who said she got up at night and ate, like that was more kind of like an unconscious. Yep. You know, when you said that, I was thinking about like the mornings, like if I have a big speaking gig that's new or different or that I just am feeling not adequate, I sometimes will wake up in the night or in the morning immediately with this feeling of, and I'm, I'm not even really awake. So yeah. those thoughts, you know, can just play in your head and I can totally see where that, that unconscious, even being out this sleep eating could occur because your mind is still going, playing those things. Well, and also remember our realities are completely subjective. Mm -hmm. There's no truth of the capital T. Except so, what the, what's in here. Right. So we create this reality that is our normal and we don't, we can't, unless we have that introspection, we, we don't question it. That's and right. So, so much of this is unconscious. We're not even aware because that's reality. Have you all read the book? Um, it's pretty old. I think maybe nineties, why zebras don't get ulcers. It's a neuroscience. Oh, oh, that sounds so fun. Oh my and God. you can guess, I mean, what zebras, they're going to be attacked by the lion, but once it's over, it's over and they don't lie you know, at night, just like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? What am I? Gonna do? And so it's that whole thing about, about, you know, our brains and, mm -hmm. and how that can put us into that medical issue, which is something you talked about earlier, Michelle, the medical aspect of it. And so now that we um, we've kind of talked through that, let's move to things that are helpful, things that yes. you have found in your own life that have aided in healing and like we have all been very open about it's a journey it is uh, we all have four more aces that's why we help people we are on a journey and so things that you have found that have helped some of the different things we we've talked about well, I, I mean, I can think right off the top of my head for me, you know, the first thing would be spirituality and, and prayer, you know, that's, that's big for me. And then also seeking out sometimes for me, when, once I know that it's what it is or, or as bet as best as I can, once I've identified, you know, that what I've told you all about the, you have no initiative, you don't belong here and how that affected me. So I can read things but it's more helpful to me if I'm seeking out advice and books and things that come from someone who is talking more specifically about the issue. What am I trying to say? So this, the Nona Jones, the book that I'm reading is a speaker. And so it's a very personal thing for me. I mean, the stories that she shares. So I'm not saying you have to be super specific, but it's just very helpful to me to find something that can be as close to what I'm going through as possible. So just always trying to, to do, to do those things that help you to grow because it is a journey. And Gracie, what you said about healing doesn't mean it's going to go away, but, but finding those things that can help you uncover it and peel the layers and begin to heal 
those are the two things that come to mind for me would be biblical prayer and seeking out resources that can be specific to me. And for me, it's connection. Because when you look at all the things that you read off, all those things are a result of our connection to another person. Mm-hmm. It didn't say, were you victim of a car accident? Were you mm-hmm. present in a natural disaster? Were you, it's all about these people that should love us and support us and we should be safe with, we weren't. Mm. And that I think is, I think that is the most, because I think we've all, we've been in car accidents and we've been in natural disasters. And is that traumatic? Absolutely. But a lot of times, what do we carry with us? Right. And I'm not minimizing if you've been in an accident or something and it's been traumatizing for you. I'm not minimizing that because absolutely. Right. Right. But when we look at these things, it's about connection. And I think that's one of the things that we do to protect ourselves is disconnect. Mm -hmm. And it makes us feel safe. We're not necessarily triggered, but we all know, right? I mean, the example I use all the time is, I think we've all known couples or known of couples who are together for decades. One partner passes away, what happens? Right? Right, we need that connection. And so that was, and that was one thing 12 step was huge for me is because it didn't matter where I was in the country. I can walk into an AA room and I have connection there. That's I might never see him again, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. for me, that's that's the big thing. And again, to allow myself, getting back to the whole wants and needs, allow myself to be vulnerable, allow myself to reach out and say, hey, this is what I want. This is what I need. Instead of trying to do it all myself because then I'm safe, well, then I'm not connected. You know, and so when you talk about spirituality, spirituality is a connection to something greater than ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Looking for those resources, you're not looking up definitions of the words you're not starting the dsm4 right right your list the, the resources that resonate with you because of other people's experiences their so stories right their stories right yeah. right and, and feeling so like you're you're understood exactly mm. so to me that's that's the biggest thing and as a flaming extrovert <laughs> I a lot of them right <laughs> introverts maybe don't need as many but it's I, but i think that's the big thing is do do we have that and this is the other thing too, is that making sure that that is healthy and helpful. Because one of the things I hear from a lot of parents is, you know, my child, my young child, my seven-year-old, my 12-year-old is my best friend. Okay. Well, that's pretty, pretty safe, but is it really intimate? Yeah. I'm just right? going to say coming from the seven-year-old, that's not necessarily a really healthy place to be. <laughs> right. It's a lot yeah. of pressure on a seven-year-old. Right. It is. Yeah. But again, yeah. You know, especially, you know, I'm, I'm their parents, so they're going to love me and, you know, all other stuff. So when we look at having that healthy connection, I think that's huge. And it's scary as all get out. But because it is that's huge. where some of that trauma comes from. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Michelle, what about you? So I think um, just as you guys have already said, and, and we talked um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, Celebrate Recovery has been very healing for me in my life. Um, obviously, that you know is, is faith based as well. I think that one of the things that's been really uplifting and exciting for me, you know, doing this 
when you do your ACE score for you and your parents and realizing that, you know, trauma is generational often. And by changing and healing, you're changing like generational history. You're changing things for your family. Right. And so realizing that it's worth it. And, you know, this is, um, like no one is saying that, oh, you know, healing is easy. Like you've never heard us say that. <laughs> no. So worth it. It's worth it. It's not easy, but it's worth it. You're changing your family's history. You're erasing generational trauma. And so, yeah. And I also think it's important to remember that sometimes the pain of healing can be in the moment more overwhelming than the the pain of trauma. Mm -hmm. Mm. And it's, and that's scary in and of itself uncovering all of that and having to look at it in its scary face yeah as opposed to stuffing it away yeah yeah absolutely and you know you're you're so right that it is worth it it is hard but even just the short time that I've been focusing on this issue every day you know it's it's different you know it's it's a little bit like oh and I'm anxious to read some more and pray some more and talk to you all, you know, in these connections and just, there's, there's a better life, not yes. a perfect life. No, but it's like having bricks removed. I mean, it really is like these things are weights and it'll, it really is like having, having bricks removed yeah. and gaining that freedom. We want yeah. you to have freedom. We want you to have your bricks removed. That's why we're here. And it is possible. This is such a great topic. I mean, I have just been, I've enjoyed these, these past few sessions that you have led. I mean, just incredible. And Gracie, the things that you have offered, I feel like we've just taken this whole thing to a new level. I really do. Super powerful. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, do you all have anything else to, that we haven't said or any things to Cause that was a lot. And I, and I don't know if we said this on the show last time, but um, we, the, the, when the three of us got together, we decided we wouldn't record four episodes at a time. Um, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not because we don't enjoy being together and talking, but, and we try to, to be light and we want you to have fun and enjoy and laugh sometimes, but this is, I mean, this is intense kind of stuff. So no, we won't be recording for it at a time. And in fact, we may divide this one up into, yeah. a, you know, yeah. that's that we may go ahead and do that. Well, I, I don't have anything else. Do you all? Well, I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to you too. And I want to say thank you to everybody listening mm-hmm. because, and, you know, again, healthy, helpful. I believe that my purpose on this planet is to change the world. That's right. And when somebody gives me their time and attention, which is incredibly valuable, Mm -hmm. it helps me feel that I have purpose. Now, if my whole well-being is, you know, dependent upon that, that's not helpful. And then we go back to the whole. Right, right, exactly. (laughs) And I get to say, okay, I was vulnerable. I did this. I looked at myself. I did all the things that I'm supposed to do. And there were a few minutes in there where I was pretty darn uncomfortable. And yes, that was good. 
So thank you for all of you, whether I know it or not, that you're part of this process because together we're changing the world. Cheesy motivational poster, right? Agreed. <laughs> changing. Oh, you got to make a motivational poster that says changing the world. Yes. Yeah, I we'll think put, I should. Yes. We'll put, some, we'll put some sort of picture in the show notes that you come up with. Okay, Gracie, because you don't have enough on your plate right now. <laughs> okay. So. I have a looking for a picture, a funny story I'll tell later, but not right now. Okay. okay. Wait, what? You have a picture with a funny story? Is that what you said? I said I have a, a story about looking for pictures, you know, for posters and so forth. It's a funny story, but I don't, I'm not going to share it now. I'll share it later. Oh, Michelle, you're so cryptic. Something to look forward to. Yes. Yes. In a future, a future show. Okay. Well, I, I, I agree with Gracie and I'm sure Michelle does too, that we thank you so much for honoring us with your time, for trusting us three world changers that are coming together just to hang out with you and talk with you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, and download, subscribe, all of those things that help to grow our community because that's what we're trying to do is to reach more people, help more people because you're doing, you're helping as well when you do that. And if you are a woman and you're not part of our Facebook page, that's in the show notes. Um, the first episode that we did with the three of us recently, not the other two have, well, those two too, like our full bios in there, but we'll probably trim that down a little bit as we go along, but they will be in there so that you know who we are and what we do. And I think we're ready to say the thing. Are you ready to say the thing? Ready to say the thing. And until we are together next time, consider consider yourself hugged. (laughs) You think it'll ever get better? I'm not really sure. No, no, (laughs) no.